0: Listen up, y'all. We've got dates and a location for the 2021 DSO Connect Retreat. We've booked an amazing house in beautiful Cape Coral, Florida for July 23rd through 25th of 2021. We're going to have a virtual option as well for folks who aren't super comfy with traveling just yet. So whether you're joining us in Florida or joining us from your living room, mark your calendars. Again, it's July 23rd through 25th. We've got some great things in the works for this year's retreat, and we're going to be releasing more information soon so stay tuned but in the meantime you can grab a replay of our 2020 retreat the virtual retreat includes amazing business content including studio reset marketing and social media developing your inner leader building community and getting the most out of online platforms Kajabi and Trello plus there's great teacher training content that you can share with your staff like honing your teachers eye for ballet building your tap curriculum jazz fundamentals, contemporary and improv for the young dancer, building a solid structure for hip hop, and so much more. Catch up on all the amazing, juicy content from our 2020 retreat for just $197. Go to DanceStudioOwnerConnect.com and click on the Retreat Replay tab to grab yours today. And don't forget, mark your calendars for July 23rd through 25th for this year's DSO Connect Retreat in Cape Coral, Florida. See you there. Hello and welcome to the DSO Connect podcast. I'm Casey. I am Robin. How's it going, Robin? What's happening? Oh, Florida's warm and so Oh, sunny. yeah, you're in Florida.
1: <laughs> the windows are open. The breeze is blowing. Well, I, I'm really um, sinking my teeth into a lot of work. I sat here for like six hours at my dining room table yesterday, just getting stuff done in a good way. Like I'm not yeah about it, it's nice to have less distractions and to just mm-hmm. really focus um on work and today I've been sitting here since 7 30 this morning you know meeting after meeting after meeting um but it's all good I it's beautiful the scenery is nice I know that happy hour will be here at some point and we'll be <laughs> at so
0: it's good how oh, are you that sounds lovely oh I'm okay I am um uh, let's see my front desk, my, my new office assistant slash customer care specialist, um, brought up the idea of doing a Valentine's day mini camp this year. And I was like, I don't know, we usually do them, but I wasn't going to do it this year. Cause I wasn't sure if people would even want to do it. And she said, no, we should do it. We can limit how many people come. We can do two different three hour shifts and we can make it happen. And so, we put it on the schedule and sent out an email and that's we've, we've posted on Facebook and Instagram. We've sent out an email. That's the only advertising we've done. We already have eight people signed up. So good. I feel like that's pretty darn good. So I'm looking forward to that.
2: Yeah.
1: We're doing, um, we always in January and February offer like a mini camp. Uh, it's a Friday night, six to seven 30 and it's the theme of one of our summer camps. So for mm-hmm. example, this year we're doing fairy princesses in January and superheroes in February. And so the Friday night event is kind of like a, like uh, a teaser, a teaser. And they, they, it's free for our families. And if you bring a friend, it's like $15 or something. And then we try to sell the camp, you know, uh, right. Based on that. And we were, again, you know, just like you, we were like, are people going to do it? Are people going to do it? And we're just doing groups of eight. And, you know, we have one group in dance, one group in the gym, one group in a craft. And so we can have 24 kids and they just, you know, rotate. Mm -hmm. And um, so far so good. It's for this Friday night. I'm, I feel like people, there are people who want to move back to normal and, um, I, for me and my studio, we're, tr- we're, we're connecting with those people, those Good.
2: people
0: that, that are coming. Good. Yeah. We decided we're going to do a virtual option too, because we have a virtual option for everything and we don't want to leave those customers out. Good. So, um, we just said, yeah, if you're interested in the virtual option, please email us. And so far, no one has signed up for the virtual option.
1: <laughs> yeah. I like it
0: how studio owners are kind of
1: niching down on yeah. their new client basis. Yeah. Um, I think that you know, it might be like a shift of, of, of populations, but eventually we're going to settle in and we're going to be serving the people that we want to serve mm-hmm. or who we can best serve. Exactly. And I think that's good for us and it's good for our clients and it's, it's good for our teachers. Um, yeah. Yeah. So Robin, who are we talking to today? i'm excited to talk to brenda brenda Me too. Is one of our members who's in our exclusive elite vip membership club um, at dso connect and i have always kind of related to brenda because we're we're more mature <laughs> we're very experienced we're seasoned And um, we've been around the block a few times in our studio world. Um, So we have a lot of things in common, a lot of things to talk about. And um, I'm really excited to talk to introduce her to our listeners and, and have her
2: share her story. Yeah, so welcome, Brenda. Well, thank you, Casey. Thank you, Robin. I'm so excited to be on a podcast because as a techno, uh, you know, apprentice or whatever you want to call me. I <laughs> uh, never had technology back when I started my studio. So it's so fun. This is my first podcast experience
0: yay well we're glad to have you Um, brenda i've i've pulled up your website here with a few of your impressive credits so let's just uh read a little bit about brenda she's a certified teacher in the adapt program full member of the cdta stage division cdta teachers tap certificate she's a dance adjudicator a cbtf judge SBTA Provincial Coaches Representative, Saskatoon Sports Hall of Fame inductee in coaching baton twirling. She was nominated in 2006 for the YWCA Women of Distinction Award in Athletics, presented with a 2005 Lifetime Achievement Award by the Canadian Baton Twirling Federation, 2011 Saskatoon Sports Female Dedicated Coach of the Year, Director of the OTC and Select Reflections Dance Troupe, and a former school teacher. And currently, owner of brenda's school of baton and dance so brenda how many years has your school been open
2: we're going into our 38th year so we began in 83 and so this is
0: 38 i love it that is so cool if you didn't catch
1: on from her bio uh brenda lives in canada
0: yes brenda's (laughs) one of our canadian members who we love so much (laughs) <laughs> Aw, well, I'm just jealous of you, Robin,
2: being in Florida right now and having the nice warm air on your face. So how lucky are you? Right. But right here, it's freezing cold. I believe
0: you know,
1: it. I said to my husband yesterday, I said, you know, the Europeans know how to do it because they vacation for like six weeks. And we've been here a week. And yesterday was the first day that I actually started to feel relaxed. Mm. It's like a lot of Americans vacation for a week. Can you imagine if I was- Or not
0: even, vacation for like a
1: weekend, geez. Yeah, and if we were leaving yesterday, I mean, I'm just starting to get into the groove. You know, last week was like, you know, still adjusting to the house and fixing things. And of course, you know, life, the world was crazy last week. So I had a a lot of anxiety. (laughs) But now I'm finally like, okay, I've got a groove. But do, do Canadians vacation for long periods of time?
2: Well, they do uh, when they get the chance. And actually, my brother grew up playing hockey and ended up being an NHL hockey referee, and he now lives really close to um to you in Fort Myers, I guess. So Yeah, right yeah right so right. I can hardly wait to visit him in the warmth because he's always teasing me how crazy we are staying here. But Oof. we love it. We love Saskatoon. It's a little hidden gem in the world. I've traveled all over, but I still love coming back to Saskatoon. <laughs> it's so fun to say too. Saskatoon. <laughs> That Saskatchewan. <laughs> Love it. It's a if, you, if you
1: are in Fort Myers visiting your brother, I hope you'll let me know because if I I'm will, here, we're going to have to meet in
2: person. I will absolutely Robin. Yeah, for sure. Yeah.
0: So Brenda, take us back to your early days. Tell us a little bit about your dance and baton journey growing up and how you got to be the fabulous studio owner that you are now.
2: Well, quite by accident. So I'm going to tell you the whole story because it goes back to kindergarten. When my kindergarten teacher told my mom and dad at the school interview that I had too much energy and that I should take up something And my mom was an accordion teacher. So she said, oh, I can put her in accordion lessons. And the teacher said, "Uh, no, I think something a little bit more active would be better for Brenda. And my mom knew Maureen Johnson, who was the baton troller of the accordion marching band. So she was opening up a studio. So my mom said, well, we'll take her and put her in baton and dance. And uh, that's that's where I started in baton and dance with uh, Maureen. And then fast forward, I always loved it. I competed at a national and at the first World Baton Twirling Championships. My husband and I were high school sweethearts. We actually went to the same elementary school. I had a crush on him in grade seven. And when he went to medical school in Saskatoon, and we lived in Regina growing up two and a half hours away, he missed me so much that while I was trying to do my education degree, uh, he asked me to marry him. So nine months later, we got married, and I was doing everything in my power, living in the university high-rises to make ends meet, putting, putting him through school, trying to finish my degree. So I taught dancing and baton. I, I taught dancing for another studio, and I missed teaching baton, so I volunteered at any club. Where will you take me to, to volunteer to teach baton? And no one took me up on it, so I literally, as the story goes, took a little eight and a half by 11 piece of paper, wrote with felt pen, Tuesday, seven o'clock PM, baton lessons at the racquetball court where I was teaching aerobics, which I had no business doing. It was really a glorified jazz class. And I put the sign up at the racquetball court that they I was hired at, and I had like seven little twirlers. And from there, oh my gosh, I knew that they needed to take a dance class and I knew that they needed to take acro. So. I found more space, bigger space, better space. And I started adding little routine, little um, uh, I guess disciplines for these kids. Meanwhile, I am teaching school and I couldn't do both. I couldn't teach school all day, teach dancing all night and baton twirling. And actually I was expecting my first baby. So I had to make a choice. And literally I love teaching school, but I loved teaching baton and dance. And so that's
0: how my studio started, quite by accident. I love how many studio owners have such similar stories like that. Yeah. You know, we just, it's
1: yeah. Like it it calls you and it draws you, mm-hmm. and even against all advice. Like I remember my dad telling me, mm, no, like, <laughs> no, that's not how you're gonna make a living. Like, no, get a real, you know? And it just it just draws you in, doesn't it? It's
2: it does. really does. It's
1: emotional. It's Yet we love it. Yeah.
2: Oh, yeah. I can't imagine doing anything else. I mean, I, I, st- I loved teaching school and I go into the school mm-hmm. systems every now and then again to do something special with a group. But I also, I, I can't imagine doing anything else. And, of course, after 38 years, every little student that I've had has grown up to be a baton or dance teacher that wants to be at our school. So I now have a big staff of people that I taught and that they've grown up and they've continued on. And, and, uh, actually 98%
0: of my staff were taught by me. So that is amazing. Yeah. That's awesome. And how many do you have on your staff now?
2: Well, I buy Christmas presents for like sixty six, and oh, gosh, and they include demonstrators, class assistants, assistant teachers, teachers, senior teachers, directors, and and and, and an admin team. So it's a big staff, um, but I've got like a core group of really senior people that I I rely on. You know, they've been with me since they were three, and now they're in their thirties, so they've been with me almost from the beginning. So.
1: Do you, are, are they employees and they've got health insurance and, and benefits? And are you able to provide all those goodies for your people?
2: I only have one full-time teacher. Really, my ballet teacher is the only one that has enough hours that would qualify. So, and my, um, my senior admin uh, manager, but uh, everyone else is just really, most of them are, they work during the day at some other job, at some other profession. Some of them are school teachers. I have someone that's the social media director of a radio station. And they all do this on the side because they love teaching tap where they love teaching hip hop or jazz or whatever.
1: Yeah. So can you paint me a picture of what this baton thing is? Is it <laughs> because I imagined, you know, I know the baton twirling, but then you said they needed to take acro and dance. So are they like flipping and twirling and dancing all at the same time?
2: Yeah, they really are. Um, I, I, I think I could compare baton twirling, like some of the individual events that you can do solo, duet and group, but you can do one baton, two baton and three baton, but sort of the ultimate is called freestyle and eventually the kids you know they do a little solo dance where it's dancing and gymnastics and baton together to a piece of set music but eventually the kids get to choose their own music or the teacher does their own theme their own costuming and it's a lot like figure skating where there's a short program and a long program they're judged by a panel they use the whole gym floor and you can imagine they're tossing it up and it's like rhythmic gymnastics where they do toss double walk over catch somewhere really interesting and um, and they have the you know the grace and the expression of a dancer, and then they have the you know athleticism of a football player. You know, I just watched the Buccaneers win with Brady on the weekend. I'm such a sports fan, you guys. Anyway, and like they're catching the that ball anyway. Well, baton twirlers they'll catch it behind their head, the left hand, right hand, under their leg, wherever. So baton is a lot like like I think it's they're they're athletes. They're like football yeah. players in the best way.
0: That's so cool. I, yeah, I always thought of baton twirling as like a Southern American thing. I didn't know it was big in Canada.
2: Well, it's really big in the States and there's a lot of male athletes, especially in in the U S and there's, there's such fantastic athletes in, in well in in every country, but the U S has huge numbers and you know, it's, from the internet. I mean, when I grew up, I would have loved to have been like the state twirler of some, you know, wonderful university or college. And I, I had one of my former students, she did go on to be the Nebraska state twirler. And, oh, cool. you know, and that that's a different kind of twirling, you know, when they're doing it for show in front of a band or whatever. But, um, baton a lot of people don't know what it's what it's all about and if they only could see it on tv on a regular basis you'd have a following like you have on for gymnastics or figure skaters i believe
1: wow i I think i'm going to have to like youtube it or something because i need
0: to see this this is yeah whole different world. It's a whole new world. I can give you some names. Oh, please. Yeah, Yeah, no, tell us now, who should we look up? Well,
2: one of the best twirlers that I ever had the opportunity to work with was Stacey Singer. And she was a little twirler when I was an assistant teacher in Regina under Maureen Johnson. And then Maureen took her to a whole new level. She represented Canada at the Worlds many times and won many medals for Canada just a whippersnapper, like you've got to see some video of her, Stacy Singer, totally awesome. Another person is Seishi Inagaki and literally Cirque du Soleil did a whole um, production around his skills in the Cirque du Soleil show called Zed, Zeddy B. And he's from Japan and he came and he taught some uh, workshops with my students, stayed in my house and uh, it, we had a fantastic time. And his coach Tomoko at the time, uh, Natsuda, she was fantastic and she's had many world athletes. And now he's gone on to have this Japanese team that literally the last time they competed, they got perfect scores. They are unbelievable to watch.
0: Unbelievable. So, yeah, exciting things. That's so cool. So do you take your students traveling to different competitions? We do. So you have to
2: to be representing your country in freestyle. You have to be the top three juniors, the top three seniors, the top pair, or the top group. And from 2000 to 2007, I had a wonderful group of athletes. And we had two at least two people that were on the junior or senior team. And we had the team. And um, the team won a silver medal at Worlds and sorry, a bronze medal at Worlds. The pair won a silver medal and they all got inducted into the Sports Hall of Fame here in, in Canada.
0: That's so exciting. Yeah. Congrats, cool. that's that's <laughs> quite an honor. It re-
2: It really was, yeah. And they now, they're coaching for me as well and we're ready to take the next group of kids, we're hoping someday. So, how did you become a studio owner? You,
1: I, you, we, I think we left off with you just you were you were teaching during or you were teaching school during the day and you were teaching dance at night, and you just couldn't do both. So, how did you did you buy a studio? Did
2: you start your own? So, Robin, you know, I started, like I said, in a racquetball court. And then I moved to the back of a woman's dress shop downtown. There was a nice little space and it, the, then I had about 50 to 75 dancers. And I was teaching baton always in a gym. You always had to find a gym with a high ceiling. And over the course of a um, Christmas break, while well, I went to Regina and my grandmother had passed away and literally I felt like my world was falling apart. I got a phone call that the dress shop was claiming bankruptcy and I had no place to take my dancers. And so I'm panicking and one of my studio uh, students, moms said, you know, check out the Albert community center. And that's where we are right now. She recommended that place. It was a heritage building in our town and you could rent. And so literally, I just rented space and I got more and more space, um, to the point where now this year I rented five rooms in the space and I leased one that's completely mine. But, um, I use that and then I've used gyms for like hip hop, like our big hip hop teams. We have really big teams. One of them performs for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, which is our professional CFL football team, and then we twirl in the gyms. But then we have all these studios. And so on a Monday night, for example, tonight, there's ten different areas that are being used with our staff and mostly because some of our areas we have to divide in half because there's a rule right now that you can only have eight people, nine feet apart. So I've tried to be creative to keep everybody dancing and twirling in person, um, unless they have to uh, isolate and then they can zoom in or they prefer that. But yeah, we've got 10 locations running tonight and tomorrow I think there's eight and so on throughout the week.
1: Isn't it interesting in life how, you know, you lost your space because the dress shop was going bankrupt and you probably had a series of hours or maybe days where you were just like, oh my God, my whole world is falling apart around me. And then suddenly like a door opens that you, and looking back, it's like, you may never have gotten into this new place had that one, you know, door closed. Absolutely. Absolutely. That happened when we first moved to New Freedom. Um, We were renting a tiny little place temporarily for, uh, I had a one year lease, it was June to May. And in February, I reached out to the landlord and said, um, hey, can we renew our lease for the next year? And he said, not only will I not renew your lease, but you can leave now. And I was like, oh, oh my God, because it sounded like I was a horrible tenant. And it was because we were we were it was literally 750 square foot, like little tiny commercial space next door to it was like a duplex kind of thing next door to him. And he was an eye doctor and he did not like hearing our music. And we had he would have one customer at a time and we would have all these cars that are parking on the grass. There wasn't enough parking. And he was like, just go, just please just go. And I, I I remember feeling like, oh my God, I'm just gaining momentum. Now I have no space. My world is crashing down. And then we found the space that we ended up buying. Um, But anyway, it's, it's interesting how sometimes you think that the world is crashing down around you and it's really just, a temporary moment in between, you know, what was and what is supposed to be. And
0: sometimes you can't, you're not going to, you won't move forward unless you're forced to. Yep, yep. (laughs) So until somebody says, hey, you got to go, you're not going to find the next thing. Because we're so, I mean, I don't know about you, but I'm like a, I'm a creature comfort person. I like to be comfortable. Change is scary. And unless somebody forces me out, I'm going to stay right where I am and right where I know it's safe. (laughs) Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, I, I, I've been told I'm the queen of change. Oh, I, I, I don't mind changing on the fly. Like I, I've even, um, I guess one of my friends, she had her own dance school for years and we used to get together for lunches and and we'd sort of compare back in the day when you couldn't, you know, meet via the internet like this. We would just meet together and we'd talk about, have you ordered your costumes yet? I've ordered my costumes. What? You didn't order your costumes yet? You got to get going, girl. And we would talk about those things and she'd always say, oh my gosh, you're the queen of change. So when she came to work with me, we would always if we're going on stage there'd be some uh competitions where they would say this routine is dancing one dancer short or two dancers short and i would never say that i would like no 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 no. we are covering this up we were gonna change the routine let's make this work and and so having that attitude when you know, March 14th hit and we said, we're going on Zoom and nobody even knew what Zoom was in my studio. We didn't know anything about it. We just learned it, pivoted, you know, got changed and brought everybody on board. And I think having that ability to change is a good skill. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely.
1: And you know what, speaking as a more mature studio owner um, as well, it's like, we don't, I think that we could run we could we could get caught in that trap um, of not being able to change, and you don't want to be that little old lady dance studio owner who's still you know got her record player, and her <laughs> and you know her um, p- push pin fl- uh, flyer on the cork board at the grocery store, and that's her version of a Facebook ad. You want right. to make sure that you know, and and I'm of the generation where technology is not intuitive to me like I have to I have to really learn something new (laughs) and then once I learn it it's like don't change it but we need to be able to evolve especially of our generation Brenda because otherwise we're going to be we're kind of caught in that middle generation aren't we where it's not really intuitive it is a little bit of an effort to learn it but as long as we keep going with it I think we'll we'll avoid that little old lady dance studio owner syndrome
2: (laughs) I hope so Actually, Robin, I was gonna say you and I have in common that our sons are both uh, composers, musicians, and I relied on him so much through the transition from in-person to online. And he just figured out our whole studio and did tutorials for our whole teaching team. And in fact, we were on one platform and we all had a big meeting and we learned this all within a couple days. And at the end of it, he said, you know, Zoe, who was our tap teacher, he said, let's just test out the sound on, using this platform. And he was testing out the sound and of course he's such a perfectionist, he was not happy with what it was. So we turned around within a day, learned Zoom and got everybody on board with Zoom and found out how to set up the mic system and, and, and everything with that. And because he's you a know, passionate hip hop choreographer, but he's also a musician and his ear means everything. And we always think, for a dance teacher, the music is everything. So I was so glad we could pivot and we could keep learning. I'm like so grateful of that attitude.
0: Yeah. yeah. I think I feel like a lot of us did the same thing. Robin, I don't know how long it took you, but I was, you know, we shut down on a Friday and on Monday we were running a full schedule on Zoom. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Certainly with, yeah. with, with, with some bumps along the way. But like sure. I say us as dance studio owners, we're it's like Giving up is not an option. Mm -hmm. We will figure it out and we will
0: march forward. All right, well, let's take a quick break right here and we will be right back with Miss Brenda. Are you a member of the DSO Connect community? Join us. We are a free group on Facebook for dance studio owners to connect, share ideas, inspire one another and provide support. We help troubleshoot each other's problems and celebrate each other's successes. We have two Zoom calls every month, Coffee Chat Fridays and Wind Down Wednesdays, where we get to hang out together with fellow DSOs who really, truly get it. And y'all, I can honestly say that this community is the reason why my studio has survived COVID. Without the amazing support and inspired ideas of the incredible members of this group, I'm not sure I would have made it. So if you're looking for support, connection, and judgment-free advice, join us today just search for DSO connect community on Facebook and answer the questions to join we can't wait to meet you welcome back to DSO connect podcast we are here with miss Brenda Bennett of Brenda's School of baton and dance um, and you said sorry how many years you've been open uh, 30 38 38 okay so 38. So 38 years and obviously the school has Grown and developed quite a bit over that time. What are, if you could identify like some major pivot points or some major like aha moments of how your business has grown, um, what might some of those big changes be for you?
2: Okay, well, let's first of all start Casey with saying Brenda's School of Baton and Dance is a mouthful to say.
0: So, it really is.
2: <laughs> it really is. So when I started, like, I remember my accountant who also lived in the university high rises because his wife was in my husband's medical class together. They went to high school together and they were in med school together. Oh, cool. And so I met him as the accountant. He said, well, he said, You sounds like you have a business running. I said, I, well, yeah, I do. I take some money in. It was $12 a month to take lessons. <laughs> and and uh, he says, You need books. And I said, So what are books? And he said, Well, you need to put down, if you take in the $12, you put it on this side. If you buy a pencil or a piece of paper or whatever you'd have that's an expense, you take it off on the other side. I'm like, Oh, okay. So this is fun. And that's <laughs> how we started. That's, I have the first ledgers of my bookkeeping. And he said, well, you need a name, though, for your business. And I went, oh, OK. And this is how long I took. Um, how about Brenda's School of Baton and Dance? And he goes, OK. And that's how long that took to find a name. For <laughs> and then fast forward to wanting to put it into a program and realizing nobody wanted to print Brenda's School of Baton and Dance. And if you take the initials B-S-O-B-A-D, no matter how you cut it, it doesn't sound good. BS, be sob. Oh my gosh. And so we just started cutely saying it's be so bad. Be so good at be so bad. And now <laughs> we have a little, the only little guy that I could draw in grade seven when I was dreaming about being a studio owner was a little, he looked like a Hershey's kiss. And, you know, I think I had, I had him before, Hershey's did, I'm sure, but I didn't copy it. It He's a little teardrop, you know, a little Scotty softy, and um, he's got little eyes and he holds a baton. Sometimes he's got a hip-hop hat on, sometimes he's got ballet slippers or runners or, you know, whatever. So we call him Biso. he finally got a name this year. His name is Biso. So we always say, it wouldn't be so bad, it wouldn't be so good, It'd be so awesome, I'd be so proud of you. So We we use it all the time, the be so. So that's one of the revelations. I love that story. You told me that before and I that love That
0: is so cute. Thanks. <laughs> the kids
2: love to be, be so bad, you know. But one of the things that is sort of the best thing about being in this for the longevity that I have is that you know, when I first started, I was the secretary. I, was, I taught every single thing. I taught tap, jazz, musical theater. I even taught the all boys program because I had two boys and they danced and they've always brought their friends. So I had an all boys program that I taught. Now I have male teachers teaching the, the boys, but that was, that was special. Hip hop wasn't a thing yet until my son got a little older and he's become the, one of our hip hop teachers. But the biggest thing is that I went from being everything to now, of course, growing my own teachers and having such a good staff because they've had 20 years experience before they ever really teach a class. They know exactly what is expected. They understand me. I can trust them. I have great admin team. I have um, my a good friend of mine, Sherry, that, you know, runs my office uh, office manager duties. I have another assistant who grew up in the studio who's so organized and um, smart with technology. I have a social media person. I have someone that's in the health field that I connect to to help us through the COVID restrictions and all that kind of thing. So I really rely on my team and I for the first time this year didn't put myself on the schedule. So last year I taught a little bit but I've been doing more and more mentoring, less and less teaching myself and um, to the point that last year at this time I was in Australia and New Zealand having the time of my life with my husband, checking our boxes off the bucket list and having a couple of cruises uh, in a time that who 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 knew that we'd be able to do that and that would be the last time we'd be able to do that for a while.
1: <laughs> you know what? I remember at one of our um, first retreats, Casey, remember when we were at the house in Cape Charles and we were sitting on the roof <clears throat> and we were having a little we, – we were just in the beginning stages of DSO Connect. I think that we hadn't even made it an official thing yet or maybe – we were just gathered together. And I remember Holly saying, um, I want to be where Robin is, um, where she doesn't have to be a slave to her studio. And I don't want to be on the teaching schedule. And I think that for studio owners, excuse me, who want to start transitioning out of the day-to-day and get more, you know, like steering the ship instead of swabbing the deck. I think that step one is, start removing yourself from the teaching schedule. And you said something that was really good. um, Brenda, you said um, you're doing more mentoring now because we, we don't want to just walk away and leave our teachers to, you know, mold the direction in which our studio is going. But I think that the more, um, repetition we have every year in what we do. For example, we do the, the community festivals in the fall. Then we do our Halloween thing. Then we do our Nutcracker. Then we do our holiday celebration. Then we do Mm -hmm. this. Then we do open Marley night. Then we do that. I mean, the more routine that you have and the more that your staff knows what the routine is and their systems in place and every, you know, this is how you do open Marley night. You can just assign it to someone, um, start training people, take yourself off the, uh, it's, Make it so that you don't have to be there. And then, but step one is don't be there. Exactly. <laughs> and I'm not saying don't be there in spirit or um, like, for example, uh, last Friday, we had our uh, stu- a bonding event, a dance company bonding event, and I had to organize it. I organized it from Florida, but I was not there. So you know, you, you just use your email and you type up the step-by-step instructions and you're like, all right, here are the parent volunteers. I need Miss Jennifer to order the pizza. I need Miss Susie to set up the tables, blah, blah, blah. Just do it. Stop being there and doing it yourself. Delegate. Yes. And then little by little it 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 evolves.
2: Right. I, I know that this year I've become the best substitute teacher uh, for all the classes because at any given time, if anyone has any symptoms, they're not allowed to come in. Right. And so even if you have the most random sore throat, it could be from wearing your mask too long the night before people phone in and say, I can't come in. So we all cover for each other. But the odd time I've had to cover for musical theater or for jazz, and I go in to work on the jazz exam program. And then when we had to adjust our schedule, right now we're only allowed eight people in a class, we literally had to take our beginner baton program off of the Saturday gym time and put it somewhere else. And so I became the beginner baton coach again. And my teacher now is ready to take them back. And I'm like, "Uh uh-uh. They are my babies, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm on the schedule again, because it's the one class that I seriously, totally look forward to teaching it each week, so it keeps me involved with them. But even last year, the only, The only one class that I taught was a production where anybody could come and be in it if they were, they had to be, I think, 12 and older, and we were taking them to Niagara Falls for a Can Dance National Championship, which all got cancelled, which is super sad. Mm -hmm. We had this great little production, and I love doing those big, powerful routines and getting to know the kids better, and that's where I've, you know, tried to keep myself involved with the students themselves and I'm always with the teachers like I now I'm zooming into every class I told them today let me know what class I can zoom in because I don't want to be one of those annoying over the shoulder people but I do want to be a support and a help to
0: them. Tell us more about mentoring your team and what that looks like and how you do that.
2: Well, it's interesting. Today I sent a Google form out for everyone to fill out just to let me know where they're at with their choreography and where they're at with costuming. We, you know, we've helped them get, we're reusing costumes from last year, where they're at with music. My son, you know, he's got factor eight productions. He does the splicing and he adds voiceover and reverb and all that kind of stuff. So we want to make the music as special as we can. And I just wanted to know where they're at And so i'm using technology to you know be with them and to zoom in so i can be in several classes at once now which is you know pretty cool Um, we have a restriction that they can only have eight kids in the class and you can have as many teachers as you want but you all have to be nine feet apart so having an extra body at the studio is not a good thing so heck i'm at home you know, in my nice comfort, staying safe, staying healthy, but being able to watch them and say, hey, you know, this is a good idea using these boxes. We've got all these kids taped into their boxes, not taped in, you know what I mean? They've got the markers. (laughs) Yes, they are in their boxes and they love it. They've all got room and, you know, I'm just trying to be there for them as much as support as I can be.
1: Do you do some sort of a teacher training, um, something that's, you know, like a, a, a training seminar or how, how do you um, specifically guide them to teach in a way that is in alignment with your vision as the studio owner? So
2: we usually handpick the teachers out of their classes. You always can see the leaders or the kids. You can just, you, you can see it. Uh, plus, we have the odd child that, you know, you didn't expect them to be wanting to be a teacher, but they, they email me and say, "Miss Brenda, I would love to be a mentor. And I always have them write a letter as to why they would like to be a, a mentor or a teacher. And from there, we put them with a, a, a teacher. They usually assist, you know, a, at a level or a discipline that I think they'd be good at. And we start the teacher training program from there. We always have um, a big weekend of training and we have a customer care slash teacher trainer director now, Miss Kara, and she really helps them. And I'm really looking to develop this program even bigger and better than ever. We pay our teachers. We give them a credit on their account. Usually the first year when they're a demonstrator we say it's teacher training but this year we needed every demonstrator or assistant to help sanitize the room afterwards to clean to pick up the kids and it became such a job that i i literally said no i am giving everybody credits on their lessons and thanking you for you know stepping up and helping us it's more than just training that they're getting now so that's my that's my little teacher program i guess yeah,
1: i'm really interested right now in that whole concept of leadership training and um, uh, we're hoping to have a podcast coming up that will talk um, more in depth about that. But we are transitioning our student teacher training program into a leadership program this year, and I'm excited because I just sent out into the community um, this idea of a leadership camp for middle schoolers and high schoolers um, for the in the summer, and I'm getting all kinds of of kids, inqu- our parents inquiring about it, and it's it's just like first of all, it would it would identify and train potential um, young people who could be trained in our discovery gym, and um, or or even in our music program, but also it's attracting a different um, population of people. Whereas normally we get um, our younger kids. That's our feeder, you know, our our, our feeding into the program is usually the three and four year olds and we raise them up. But now I'm getting this influx of like middle schoolers and high schoolers, which I normally don't get new. I usually raise those people up. And now it it, and it's it's they're not dancers. They're not music. They're they're just it's interesting because it's, it's opening a whole new source of people and of revenue. Um, and a whole new source of, of material that we're teaching, because it's not just about how to teach a cartwheel. It's about how to respond professionally to an email to an employer or how to how to be a good employee, how to present yourself properly and, and professionally. And all of these things that especially this year, a lot of kids aren't getting that instruction in school clubs, because the schools are are in our area, are kind of streamlined. Like the the extracurriculars are streamlined. So here's an opportunity. That uh,
2: sounds fantastic.
1: Yeah, I'm really kind of excited about that right now. Yeah,
0: I'm excited about about implementing that at my studio too. It's definitely something that I've been looking towards to add to my programming. And I think it's um, like I remember in high school, you know, getting coaching from our like guidance counselor or something about college interviews. And, and then talking to, you know, my friends at dance who didn't get those, that kind of coaching at all. I went to a really small private high school and, you know, they brought in somebody to talk about interview professionalism and all that kind of stuff. And like my friends at their schools didn't get that in any kind of form at all. So I like thinking about those gaps there that like if you're not getting it at school and you're not getting it at home, how do we expect these young people to be good employees or good you know interviewees or or any of those things. Yeah.
1: And you know what else is really fun that I'm excited to teach is like how to go to a restaurant and put your napkin in your lap and not be on your phone when someone takes you out to dinner. You know what I mean? Like yeah, I think we need to. Ha- you know, I love a restaurant, so <laughs> I think that we need to have a field trip to the fancy restaurant. <laughs> I like dress, you know what I mean? Dress. Yeah. Don't if, if if I take you out to dinner, don't be sitting in the back seat on your phone the whole time. Same like way. actually engage in conversation with adults. You know, um, e- excuse yourself if you need to use the restroom. Napkins in laps. You know how to use just because back in the day. Kids would get like etiquette classes. Mm-hmm. Now it's like, where are these kids learning this stuff? I looked at my sons the other day, and I I don't know how I raised these boys. Um, literally, we steak night once a week. We do steak night. You do not stab your steak. Pick it up like a popsicle, and <laughs> it's like. Brendan, what are you doing, dude? I Here's a knife. Use my knife if you're too lazy to get up and, and get your... But like little... And they would never do that in a restaurant. But
2: in my house, I don't want you to do it either. Right? Honey, Robin... Sorry, Robin and Casey. I was just going to say that I just took out my notepad and my my pen because I started writing all about this leadership. Um, <laughs> to your podcast I'm writing notes because so oh, many good little tidbits I'm like oh my gosh we could do this leadership this would be really cool so I'm just writing notes here as we speak oh, <laughs> I love
1: it I love it so Brenda back to you um what does a typical day look like for you are you at your studio on the daily or are you able to run it from home and you just check in what's a typical day like for Brenda
2: well typical i mean 2020 is not typical anyway but typical right now is get up and i i'm an early bird you know call me a lark i'm up at five in the morning and i'm doing my big thinking and i do my notes to my teachers or i'm working on scheduling scheduling is sort of my superpower because i feel like i can get more in with the kids than most places we'll just say and i i work a lot on scheduling and I will work on my computer, and then I have Zoom meetings all the time. And I'll have a lunch break. I'll go work out. I will go for a walk. I'll listen to a podcast. And I'm, but then I'm, I'm always working, and I'm there for the teachers. And then in the evening, starting at four o'clock, typically I'm the one that, if you have problems with your Zoom, text me, and I'll get people into their Zoom classes, or I'll zoom in and watch. And now that it's we're getting into sort of a role. I've had very little to do, and by four o'clock, I'm having the choice of going to either, either to one of uh, two gyms that we're at, or to the studio to go watch what's happening, or stay at home and actually make a nice dinner for my husband and I. So it's it's really flexible. It's such a great job to have. You know, I, I love where I'm at. I, and I I love all the learning I'm doing with, you know promoting and being that big thinker and finding ways to generate income for the studio and being that creative person that way so i feel like i'm in such a good spot right now i love it i love it what it doesn't
1: sound like you're slowing down at all but <laughs> and that's great and i feel the same way like i feel like i've got lots more ideas to implement but in the back of my mind i am now thinking like what's the 10 to 15 year plan like what is what is down the line? Um, are you thinking that too, like kind of in the back?
2: Oh yeah, in the back of my head. I've I've had that in my head for a long time. I, um, I just listened to Betty White the other day who said, well, you stay young if you keep working. So that's in my head, but there's also in my head, the fact and the knowledge that I have that my parents both passed away at a young age. And so I've always been thinking, Will I see 60? Which I will in a couple months here. And I feel very healthy and things are great. But my mom didn't, my mom only saw 58. And my dad, you know, passed away from a sudden heart attack at 61. And so I look at that and I I understand that and realize, you know, it's not forever that we have. And what do I want to do with my time? And so my husband and I have taken great holidays. I have a sister that's 18 years younger than me. And together we run a dance festival called Spring Stars. I should say that it's really her baby now. I'm more going to her festival, but uh, we've raised over $200,000 for cancer research. Wow. Giving the proceeds. And so I want to do that a little bit bigger and better with her. And I, I, I do have a couple of people in mind that I think someday might want to buy the studio or that i might gift it to we will have to see i just uh at this point want to make a good enough profit that they're gonna go oh yeah it's worth it you know i'm trying everything i can to keep it you know vibrant and wonderful and like who knows who knows what is going to happen but for now i i'm just loving where i'm at so why would i Sell it or-
1: I think it is important though if you're thinking that you're going to sell your studio even 10 years down the road, you've got to you you hit it right on the head. You ha- it has to you can't fizzle out mm-hmm. and try to sell something that's hanging on by a thread. Right. You have to be committed to it up until the end. Otherwise, you're not going to get you know, top dollar for it or you know, and you do, nobody or, wants or people just won't be interested. No, you got to go out like Jerry Seinfeld, <laughs> like on top, but leave them wanting more, right? Yeah, I think that's true. And i i I've, I've in in my business because we have dance, music, theater, and acro. I've even thought about possibly having, uh, and we own the building. You know, like maybe there's someone who just wants to buy the gymnastics portion or the acro portion, and they would just pay rent and maybe. Someone else is in charge of the dance program and they pay rent for the space that they use, and you know, et cetera, et cetera. And then maybe the front desk admin team stays in place and everybody has to pay into mm. a condo fee, but it's for you know, the administrator, the administration to maintain your registrations and keep all the bookkeeping and keep the toilet paper and the studio clean and da 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 da. And then I don't know, something like that, where it's not a huge buy in for someone that that, because it would be a lot of money, I think, for somebody to for one person to buy my business, because it's real estate and it's a lot of space and a lot of layers, right? But I think it's important to to just kind of start when you're our age to just kind of start thinking what that could look like for you. Um, I was listening to a podcast yesterday and the woman was saying that she is um, she I'm always fascinated by people who say they run multiple businesses because you imagine them being so busy, you know, like as busy as we are times however many businesses they run. Um, Robin, you also
0: run multiple businesses, FYI.
1: I know, that's why I'm fascinated by it because it's like, <laughs> am I doing this the way other people are doing it? She said, actually, the more businesses you own, the less busy you become because you, and that's something that I need that I'm still kind of nuancing. Um, but she says, I do way less than you'd think because I delegate, I've, I've created the system, I pass it to someone else, mm-hmm. and then I just, I'm supervising. And um, I think that that made a light bulb go off in my head. You know, like, why did I spend so many hours organizing the bonding event last week when it was a pizza party and a silly video recording? You know what I mean? Like, that doesn't take the CEO to organize. It's like the CEO of Domino's Pizza isn't actually coordinating the company picnic. (laughs) right. Yeah. So I think that when I need to start thinking more in those terms, um but like for example, everything I did last week should be in a document and it should be a system so that I can say, okay, next year someone else is going to th- this is your assignment. You do it. Yes,
0: I often think about like I just need someone to follow me around and write down everything that I do every day and then create it and then like move it into a calendar format right. of like you know, on this day you do this thing and on this day, so and so does that thing. And then, you know, and then it's like just repeatable tasks over and over again every year.
2: Yeah. What's really interesting to me is that, you know how when something happens, X kind of makes Y happen and this year, we were in the midst of a little bit of chaos because all of a sudden we had to go from where our classrooms, we were able to be six feet apart to all of a sudden being nine feet apart, like overnight. And I had to change schedules and everything had to happen all at once. And meanwhile, we were trying to coordinate all the costuming and you know the hours that costuming takes. Literally my admin, my manager and an assistant took on the costuming. I have not looked at one thing with costuming and that would have never happened had I not have the other crisis. And now I'm thinking, I will never have to do costumes again. They've got this. So, you know, I think that you're absolutely right. The more we can delegate and do the bigger thinking overall, the, the more wonderful our studios will run. Yeah, yeah.
1: And so in terms of actually making that happen, what I've been trying to do is every time, you know, a lot of times an event happens and you're like, oh, thank God, check it off the list, move on to the next thing. But if you can just pause and take a moment and kind of encapsulate that, encapsulate your procedure, maybe do a debrief for yourself and, Mm -hmm. um, you know, what went well, what would I change, what were the steps involved, um, and then just put it in Google Drive or something um, under the month of, of January or something. And then it's done for next year. And then when you go to pass it off to someone, you just, there it is. It's all in a neat little thing. I think the key is that, for me, the key is that follow-up at the end of the event. Because mm-hmm. I'm so often, we're so excited to check it off and move on to the next thing that we don't do the
0: wrap-up. Right. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. So it's awesome. speaking of the wrap up, I was out for a segue. We should wrap it up. Um, Brenda, do you have any like final words of wisdom or, or how about this? What would you, if you could, if you could give advice to your brand new studio owner self, like you have just decided, okay, I'm going to start this business. It's going to be a thing. What is one or two pieces of advice that you would give to yourself?
2: Do you know, for me, one of my big sayings is make a memory, and mm. I, I I realized I, I could go into a whole another thing, but we need wine for the next one. But <laughs> I almost lost my life in two thousand seven. I was in a terrible crash where I was the pedestrian walking across the street, and a one ton truck the mirror took <gasps> me out. Yeah, oh my gosh, which is a whole another story, but it changed my perspective. I've always been busy. My mom has always said to me, you always want your cake and eat it too. And and yeah, I have. And when I had that happen to me, I did not slow down like everybody thought. I sped up. So I had no pulse at the scene. It was like really pretty bad. Yeah. Wow. And it took me a few weeks to get back and a lot of people would have given up their studios. I had a separated shoulder, broken teeth, broken nose. Um, I My head injury was, was pretty tough and Instead, I I just found a way. I wasn't going to let anyone know I was hurting that bad. And I did a lot of sleeping, and then I would go and run my studio. But I would say the biggest thing is to make a memory. Make every day so special, so positive, and make a memory for yourself. Who knows, you know, success who, who can determine what real success is? But if it makes you happy and you're passionate and you love every day and you make a memory for yourself and therefore for your students and for your families, then you're doing a great job and you're making your life as interesting and special and positive as possible. So my biggest thing is make a memory every day, make a memory somehow.
1: That's awesome. Wow, I don't, that's, that's a great place to end. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I don't know if I can top that one. That was great. That was really good. All right. Well, thank you so much for being here, Brenda. It's been awesome to um, it's been awesome to share this time with you and to get to know you a little better. Thanks. Yeah. I
2: really loved it. Thank you so much for asking me. I I love your podcast, and I was so honored that you'd ask me to be part of it so thank you
0: yeah well before we go we got to share something that's made our hearts happy so brenda what's something that's made your heart happy in the last week or so the moment you asked me to be part of your podcast oh, Yay! <laughs> and i thought it was because i was sharing with
2: you some of the problems that i was having with some. <laughs> unpaid bills. And and he said, no, it's because you're interesting. And I went, I'm interesting.
0: (laughs) Made me happy. Yay. Oh, I'm so glad. Robin, how about
1: you? Um, Well, I am excited just to be in the sunshine. I mean, the sunshine is making me happy and listening to like beachy reggae music and, you know, working on the lanai and just the the feeling of being in a warm place where people are vacationing and having fun and Florida is a little more opened up. So it just, it's very reminiscent of the olden days and it, it's also very reminiscent of being on vacation.
0: Yeah, good for you. That's awesome. It feels good. Good. Mine is that um, the other day we had some friends over for a, a backyard fire pit and they are uh, recently engaged, and they asked me to be their officiant. So does it mean you have to go take a, a course to learn how to marry people? I, I think so. Yeah, I, I, I think you can just do it online. But yeah, I get to I get to marry them. Does that mean you could marry anyone, or you're just you're just? It means a- I could marry anyone in the state of Virginia. Yeah. So isn't I- that cool? <laughs> That's I'm awesome. so ex- I'm like so honored and excited it's another job <laughs> it's another job
1: <laughs> you yeah, what an honor though because they might have asked you if you weren't like super special like you are I
0: know apparently I'm special to them and that you know they've always been special to me and I you know they're some of my closest friends and so awesome. I was like oh That's my god great. yay yeah it's very exciting That's awesome
2: you have a yeah. great voice for that so it'll be really oh, good oh
0: thanks <laughs> All right. Well, thank you again, Brenda. It's been so fun to chat with you. And we will be back again next week with another new episode of the DSO Connect podcast. In the meantime, please subscribe, rate, and review so we can reach more people. All right, everybody have a great week. Bye. Bye.